to your mother It's time for another episode of Birds with Friends Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season To see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese It's Philadelphia, Bow and Shield in the cut Kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends Bow Wolf and Shield Kapati are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings You can't live up to expectations, no. so just do your best <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most Birds life endeavors <laughs> Just go with what you saw today, okay, yeah. change your opinion daily Yeah, I'm all about that for You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right No yeah. one will remember, no That's one's true. listening Hello and welcome to a new edition, a Tuesday edition of Birds with Friends I'm Shiel Kapadia, your special host Today, joined by Bo Wolf and Zach Berman. I, I guess I should ask them how they're doing, but as we know, I don't really care. So we're just going to get right into it. We've got a lot to get to today. We've got some news. We've got some free agency buzz. We're going to get into some draft talk and talk about prospects they could pick at number uh, 21. And then we've got a pretty loaded mailbag, a lot of regulars chiming in, some sports questions, some non-sports questions. So let's get right into it. The news. The Eagles declined the option of linebacker Nigel Bradham, first reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter, conser- confirmed by Zach Berman. Gentlemen, your uh, your take when you heard that news today that Nigel Bradham is now free to test the free agency market uh, about a month from now. Well, I'm sorry. You wanted to go to me or Zach? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will jump in. Uh it's not surprising, and I, I, I don't like saying kind of as expected because it, it takes away from the reporting of the news, and, and you give credit to the reporting of the news. Well, uh, it, it's certainly uh, yes something— Yes and no. Like some of the, some of the reporting, like, uh, who cares? But that's fine. Yeah. Go ahead. But, but I'm saying— but, That didn't take long, huh? <laughs> but, but, but certainly well, this is something Well, first didn't get that, it right. It's not a release. It's a declined option. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, so, but but the three of us, when we were doing our stay or go, we all expected this. This, we all expected this to happen. Um, that being said, it's a significant move because he's been a starter here for four seasons. He's been a key player in the defense, uh, as Jim Schwartz has said time and time again since 2016. He he brings a certain energy, certain attitude, certain toughness to the defense. So in addition to uh, tangible characteristics, there are intangible characteristics they need to replace. That being said, he's going to be 31 in in, in September. His production was declining. He would have counted over nine million, nearly 10 million against the salary cap if he was on the team, and they save about. Four and a half million dollars against the cap by not picking up his option. So it's a sensible move. Um, that being said, you look at their linebacker depth chart and it's 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 barren or it's it's certainly not distinguished. Uh, Nate Gary is a, is a returning starter. Kamugurije uh, Hill is a pending free agent. And then um, if if you look after Nate. They have, what, Duke Riley, T.J. Edwards, and Alex Singleton. Uh, so this is a major position of need this offseason. I don't think it's a position they'll prioritize in terms of significant resources, but certainly when we are talking in April and May and June and July, uh, there is going to be a new starter in that group. 
for the record, for those following along in the flu world order draft, although we did all Ooh. expect Nigel Bradham to leave. Uh, and I also think it's not impossible that he comes back, sort of like Tim Jernigan did last year. Sure. But uh, I had him as uh, 14, so I was the low man. Zach had him at 8, and Shield had him as a 3. Wait, a 3 as in... Uh, you thought he was the third likeliest guy to come back. Are you sure you have that correct? <laughs> I believe I do. Right, uh, I mean, gonna, I, gonna... I think we, we all talked about... We all talked about it. We thought it was well, a possibility that they would restructure. Geez, that would be shocking, Zach. It was so mm. clear from the beginning. So <laughs> oh, I don't please. See this this could... was not plover <laughs> under. The, the flu world order draft is very straightforward. All right. Um, well, then I, I really like your uh, your take there that, you know, he goes out on the free agency market and not a lot of people want to bite. Eagles take a look around. There's nothing that they really like. Uh, they reconvene. They decide, if nothing else, he's a great character in Wolf's Den. He had that great game against the Panthers during the Super Bowl season. Uh, you know, bring him back. He adds, he adds a little bit of juice. So let, let's not rule that out. And uh, I'll stick with my three. I li- yeah, listen. I mean, I like I like Nigel Bradham. He was a good Wolfstein character, um, and he had some big moments. Certainly, he was like he was very integral to their their Super Bowl run. Maybe not in the Super Bowl itself, since uh, they didn't play much defense. But uh, I think I think Zach uh, hit it well. Although I I slightly disagree with. I actually do think that as much as uh, Howie Roseman has sort of devalued the linebacker position historically, and I think probably rightly so. Um, I think that the Eagles are going to have sort of a uh, early top-of-the-line plan for signing a linebacker in free agency. Oh, interesting. Well, I, who, who do you got? I don't know who it's going to be. I don't, I, don't, okay. I don't have an answer to that question, but I, I think they are, going to, uh, they are going to sign a guy they're, they're penciling in as a three-down linebacker on the, during the first week of free agency. Well, that's very I, interesting. Then let me look at. Sorry, sorry, Zach. Let me just read some names yeah. out, and then let me uh, let me get to you. But uh, on my top one hundred, some of the names I had: Corey Littleton at number fifteen. He's a twenty-six-year-old linebacker from the Los Angeles Rams. Absolutely a three-down player. His gonna trend, get paid now. Yeah, his strength is really uh, in coverage. He can blitz. He can do a lot of different things. He's been durable. He's about as clean as a uh, free agent as you'll find in terms of age and durability and all those different types of things. But yes, if we're going by last year and what guys like CJ Mosley and Quan Alexander got, then that is not going to be uh, an inexpensive option for sure. I'm, I'm age, sex, here. location. Uh, Joe Schobert linebacker from the Browns. I think we talked about him on the last episode. Uh, Again, 26 years old. His strength also is coverage. He's been very productive uh, over the past three seasons. Only three players have had more tackles than Joe Schobert. And again, he can cover. So maybe that is a less expensive option. Uh, Blake Martinez of the Packers is another guy on my top 100. I wouldn't be as bullish on him as the first two guys. I think there's probably some empty stats there and you're probably going to end up uh, overpaying perhaps. Uh, And I'm looking here. Then you've got some vets. You know, there were rumors last year. I think Jeff McClain had reported that they had interest in Jamie Collins, the uh, linebacker from the Patriots who kind of can wear a lot of different hats. I don't know if he would be a perfect scheme fit, but they had some interest in him last offseason. And and, and uh, the the second part of the McClain report was that Jim Schwartz did not want him. Good point. Uh, Or at least wanted Zach Brown instead of him. Right. Right? You know, good choice. Uh, 
Devondre Campbell of the Falcons. He's a, a will linebacker in that uh, Falcons cover three scheme. He's certainly not going to cost you as much as the other guys. He's 27 years old, uh, so he certainly could be an option. Had 129 tackles last year. A little bit of a sleeper. Nick Kwiatkowski. From the Bears, got a chance to play last year uh, when Danny Trevathan went down and uh, really flashed uh, some good stuff there as a blitzer, finished with three sacks, uh, was a three-down linebacker when he did get to play. So those are some names, if you're thinking like Bo is, that they are going to make a relatively significant move at linebacker. I would think it would have to be one of those names I just mentioned. Zebra, what were you going to say? Well, quickly, as uh, as we have talked about, <laughs> as we have mentioned, well, I'm going to add another name. Uh, uh, Kwiatkowski <laughs> is a guy who the Eagles showed interest in in the pre-draft process, brought him in for a visit. I think we've mentioned that before. But on the uh, beat back and forth, Zach and I just did, the other guy I mentioned who didn't make your top 100 is Patrick Anwasor. Anwasor, I believe, if I'm even close to correcting that. Uh, pronouncing that correctly, who was with the Ravens, lost his job this year, so that's not great, but um, has played well in years past and I think would would add an element of speed to the defense that they don't really have at that position. So I agree with Bo that they're going to add a starting three-down linebacker in free agency. Perhaps it's a matter of semantics. I don't think they're going to be paying big money at that position. So I, I don't think – I'd be surprised if they were in the Corey Littleton market, for instance. Um, I think if, if they pay top-of-the-market money this this March, it's going to be a cornerback, maybe edge rusher just because of the type of players that are there. I, 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 I do think they're confident in, in the group they have. Obviously, wide receiver is a possibility. I think that they addressed this position similar to what they did in 2016 when they brought in Nigel Bradham. I believe it was a two-year, $8 million contract at, at the time. His He was kind of a sleeper-free agent, and he, he turned into, and I, I wrote this in the beat back and forth, one of Howie Roseman's best free agent signings when you look at value for the dollar and, and kind of the significance to the team. Um the the player that I mentioned uh, and and Shield just mentioned him is Campbell is is Devondre Campbell uh, because I don't think you're you're paying what you would have to for Littleton or for Schobert. I I I, I think Schobert makes a lot of sense in terms of playing style as well. Um, but I think Campbell would work if you're looking for an outside linebacker. If if you're confident that Nate Gary can be your defensive signal caller. And that um, uh, would you when, be confident about that? Would I or would they? Well, good question. I mean, we are talking about the smartest guy who's ever laced up uh, cleats in the NFL. <laughs> I think they like Nate Gary more than the fan base does. Um, I think he's he's a solid player who has gotten better. Um, I think they're they're going to pair someone with him, and they and they do like T.J. Edwards as well. T.J. Edwards has been a he was signed as an undrafted rookie as a middle linebacker, added the outside spots. But I, I I think when he's kind of at his best, it'll be the middle linebacker in the, in the base defense. So that being said, I, I think if, if you can add an athletic outside linebacker um, and you're you're not talking about the top of the market players and the and and Littleton and Schobert are, are probably the top of the market players, uh, then Campbell is is the player that I personally uh, would watch out for. And then there's all kinds of other veterans who could get released at, at different points. Yes. Uh, you know, Christian Kirksey with the Browns, I think could make some sense. He's gotten injured the past two years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Eagles will like that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see how it shakes out, I guess. 
Anwasser. I don't know if I'm probably. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough. uh, You don't know really how to transition from the U to the O. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I would be. uh, I I don't think that's a guy you can sign and think he's going to be like your starting middle linebacker. I mean, like you said, he got benched last year. He he wasn't even like a part of their defense. Yeah, like a guy Um, who got benched. You know, fire in the belly. Okay, well, I mean, that, that might be a uh, a market they should look at, guys who got benched last year. You know what? I, I kind of like that a little bit. Uh, if you're looking at linebacker salaries, you know, Bobby Wagner set the market at $18 million a year. But, uh, you know, if we look at last offseason, uh, you know, Jordan Hicks was a guy who got $8 million a year from the Cardinals. Uh, C.J. Mosley was up there near the top at $17 million. So I think when we're saying top of the market, the only guy who I think is going to get, like, has a chance to get in the teens there is probably Littleton. Um, every, so everybody else, you know... Him, they're going to have to call him Big Ten. Everyone else there, I would think, uh, you know, would be relatively affordable if you are willing to commit, you know, a starter salary to a uh to a linebacker and yeah I, I think bradham just the last two years you know I, I think he's probably well he is has been still their best linebacker but i think overall his play has just been very mediocre you know mm-hmm. it, it's um so this was one of the few areas where they could create some salary cap space was by uh, declining that option with with the, nigel bradham the flip side is if you if you if you sort of like try to price out how you could fill out the spots they need to fill out i sort of like a combination of Corey Littleton and like, you know, a couple uh, like second level safeties and corners like like Corey Littleton, HaHa Clinton Dix, and Kevin Johnson better than I necessarily like. You know, paying a ton of money for Byron Jones and then uh, you know signing you know slappies at the other positions. Well, yeah, I'm not going to call them slappies, but. Uh... <laughs> I think I, it is an, it is a good conversation. I actually think uh, to have with this scheme, you know, where you are playing a uh, lot of zone, and we know that signing big name cornerbacks and free agency uh, comes with risk. And while you know, I, I don't think none of us are in the mindset of yeah, go go pay, uh, devote a huge number, a huge percentage of your cap to the linebacker position. Um, you know, it's probably. When you're looking at the three down linebackers and guys who can cover, like it's not an invaluable position. You know, a guy not who can all. play that many snaps. Can he if he can match up with running backs? Can he match up with tight ends? Can he blitz a little bit? Is he a good leader? Can he get everyone uh, lined up? Is he durable? Like that's an attractive profile to me. Like I I wouldn't necessarily look at that and just um, you know poo poo it as giving you know way too much money to a linebacker. I think Bo in one of your pieces you kind of said you know, it has to sort of be like a top of the line guy can make a difference. And I think that's probably right. the right way to look at it. That is definitely a position where you don't want to pay uh, big money to a guy who's going to be mediocre or slightly above average. But I, I don't think it's crazy, um, you know, to invest significant dollars in a guy who you evaluate to um, be a difference maker just because he's an off-ball linebacker. And listen, if, if, you think Little, if you think Littleton is that guy and can be that uh, reliable in coverage, that is a path to, if you really want to, getting rid of Malcolm Jenkins. You can convince yourself that... Ooh, uh, look at you. That's, you know, that's the solution, right? Yeah. Let me Maybe ask you guys I something. Do that. <laughs> a, this is kind of, this is a two-part question, but it's, it's, it's essentially one question. 
Uh, a little bit is of both. The line, <laughs> is, is the linebacker they add going to be, A, better than Jordan Hicks, and B, is he going to make more than the $20 million guarantee that Jordan Hicks received from the Cardinals last year? Uh, better, are you saying, than the Jordan Hicks who was with the Eagles or the Jordan Hicks who played yes. last year for the Cardinals? The Jordan with- Hicks that the Eagles decided not to resign. So essentially the, the, the question is, uh, is, is there remorse on the Eagles side or regret on the Eagles side for not paying Jordan Hicks? I don't think so. I mean, he played very well with the Cardinals uh, last year from what I saw. I haven't, you know, studied him closely, but he definitely made an impact when I was watching. His his numbers were good across the board, although their defense wasn't great. But no, I thought that was absolutely the right move to let him walk. I mean, you know, he was healthy last season. You can't count on that with him. I thought he was overrated when he was in an Eagles uniform. I, I thought he was mostly a, a starting caliber competent uh, middle linebacker. I didn't think he was a difference-making linebacker, so that is not the type of guy that I would be in favor of signing. So I, I guess to answer your question, I would think they can. I, I think yes, they can upgrade from the player Jordan Hicks was in an Eagles uniform, and will it be more or less guaranteed money? I, I think they. I, I'll say less. I think maybe that will be a so move too. that ends up working out for him. I think I pretty much agree with with everything Shield said. Okay. I also think they're probably going to add a guy in the middle rounds. Like one of the one of the luxuries of having uh, extra picks is that you can draft a linebacker in like the fourth round. That's true. Okay. All right. So that is your Nigel Bradham talk. There's not a lot of other uh, newsy things to go over. So what I wanted to do was go over it. You know, we're on the same sort of. Uh, wave here when we get into this discussion, which is from Bo's mailbag. There was a question from uh, N.R. Garrett, which I thought was worth tossing around here, which was, who's your number one free agent target for the Eagles and why? And I I thought Bo had some very interesting uh, comments in here, which I don't know that I totally uh, agreed with. So let's, let's start with that. So first of all, Bo, you said, uh, let's assume that James Bradbury and Matt Judon don't make it to free agency. And I was wondering, why, why are we making hmm. that assumption? And I think well, both those fair. guys could make it. Well, I think part of it is because I think if both of those guys make it, I, they would be my number one target. So otherwise, it's a harder decision. Um, really? Okay. So that that's Panthers cornerback James Bradbury, and that's uh, Ravens uh, edge rusher. Matthew Judon. So you think those would be a very attractive Eagles so I targets? Like, I mean, I really like Judon. Uh, you okay. look at the you look at those Capadia pass rush numbers. He's fantastic. Um, and I think you know, I think these Adarius Smith performance in Green Bay sort of assuages concerns that he's just a product of the scheme. Um, and I, we've talked about like I don't think the Eagles need a mid level guy to add to the rotation on the edge. But if if there's a guy who can make a real difference, I think that's uh, a bigger impact than a, a corner for this defense. And I think he is that guy. So uh, that would be my top target. And I mean, listen, you're talking about, you're talking about free agency, which means you're going to overpay. Uh, like the winner's curse of, of getting a guy means you're going to be paying him probably uh, more than, than what he should be worth. And so I find like this exercise is very difficult because everybody else, it's like, I don't want to target, uh, you know, Bradley Roby because then it means like, oh, oh, great, I won the Bradley Roby sweepstakes. I'd like to, <laughs> in, in a in a perfect world, like wait wait a couple days and see which of Bradley Roby, Trey Waynes, Logan Ryan, Eli Apple, which of those guys 
is like is actually going to be gettable at a price you like but uh, that's not how free agency works like you have to move quickly uh, so it's hard like you know Anthony Harris seems like a good bet but but he's going to be 29 there's nobody uh, on the list outside of your you know top 20 who I want to be like go get me that guy whatever he costs but I think that Judon and maybe Bradbury are sort of like that for me uh, Zach, I wanted to get your answer on this, and then I have some follow-ups uh, there for Bo. But I, I did ask you sort of before the pod who you th- who you thought you would answer to this question. Do you think quickly? Do you think Cooper is? Uh, you think he's not going to hit the market too? You think that's a fair assumption? I don't think Cooper is gettable. No, I, okay, I don't I think agree. he's. I don't think he's going to hit the market. So to uh, what what Bo was saying about the need to pay for a free agent, my my. Favorite quote about free agency is is from the Dodgers president of baseball operations, Andrew Friedman, who this was a few years ago. Our our colleague now, Andy McCullough, he had this quote. If you're Friend always rational. Yes. If you're always rational about every free agent, you will finish third for every free agent. And and, and that's really if, if a guy's hitting the market, um, you're not really getting a discount. Uh, so especially when you're talking about. The, the, the top level free agents and and I think the mistake the teams make is not when they pay a players a money it's it's when they pay um, C players B money or B players a money and, and so to that point if if everyone who we think will hit the market hits hits the market and the Eagles are, are willing to spend then uh, and we talked about it last week and and, and you guys didn't think it, it was a, a a possibility but I think Yannick Nagak I'm, I'm sorry, Yannick Ngaku. Am I pronouncing it correctly? Ngakwe. Um, yes, Ngakwe. Um, that would do be. It, you the, don't do it your way. You don't do it my way. You do it the Ngakwe. There you go. Um, that would be the player that that I would uh, I would pay big money for. And the reality is, you you might still have Brandon Graham rushing from the inside on third downs. Um, I I would have a surplus there and figure it out basically. Um, but realistically speaking, if, if, if you're not paying $20 million a year for a free agent, uh, then, and if, if we're taking Byron Jones's name out of this too, because as Shields said, Jones, uh, might become the highest paid cornerback in the NFL. Um, you're, you're I, think going his on name, I think he will be out there. Don't you? Think? Yeah, I think, I think yes. you should actually leave his name in there because, okay. uh, you know, I think he's going to be, uh, I do think he's going to get paid a lot, but if, if we're including Ngakwe, I mean, he's going to get paid more sure. than, than Byron Jones. So let, let's include him in this discussion. Cause I did want to talk about him. Yeah. Then I, I, I would feel comfortable paying Jones, um, for a few reasons. Uh, first off, uh, because, the the position versatility means he can age on that contract. Uh, now, you, you 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 might not want to be paying a safety eighteen nineteen million or 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 seventeen eighteen million dollars in year three year four of the contract. But if if at age thirty you want to make him a safety, you know he has those traits. You know he has the skill set. Um, I, I think the 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 versatility that he has in terms of man, in terms of zone, the size, the athletic profile. I don't know him personally, but but from everything I've read and understand, uh, clean off the field. I believe his his nickname when he was at UConn was Senator Jones. Um, that uh, that's that's the type of player that I would commit to paying, and and it's a it's a big positional need. Now you're going to have to overpay for him, and I don't think he's he's a, a top three, top five cornerback. Um, but that's the the reality of the situation the Eagles are in, and 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 then just in terms of 
a player that I really like that I, I don't know if if they like. I don't know if if you guys like. Well, I've I've read both your guys' stuff. Is I I like Kendall Fuller. Um, I I think Kendall Fuller is a good player who uh, was really good when he was in Washington, or he was he was good getting really good when he was in Washington. Kind of had a down year in 2018. Uh, when he was playing outside and the slot, he was exclusively a slot this past year. Obviously had a good postseason, but when you look at the age profile, when you look at the size, when you look at the player he was coming out of Virginia Tech, um, I I like him quite a bit. Okay, there's a lot to get into uh, into here. You know, I, I am uh, the... Getting one of these big name edge guys is sort of fascinating to me. You know, you said Gakwe get him and figure it out later, which I guess is true. But I don't know. I, every time I hear that, I think back to the Asante Samuel, uh, Namdi Asama. That's Dominique so different. Bryant. I know it's different, but I'm just saying that's what I. But but so one of those guys is not going to be a starter. And I know you can say, well, they're all going to play uh, a lot of snaps. But one of them is you you know one of them is not going to be a starter. So who's that going to be? They're all going to be out there, I guess, on third down. But like teams throw the ball on first down and second down when you're in base. So that person is going to see fewer opportunities. So like you start the game, the first series, and who is off the field for you? Derek Barnett? And you're starting in Gakwe and Brandon Graham? I know you can slide. I know you can slide Graham inside when you get to your nickel, but they play that on third down or you know uh, two minute situations. So. How how do you deal with that, and is that is that the best use of your resources? Well, I mean, Brandon Graham only has one year left on his deal for all intents and purposes. So, okay. uh, so I figure it out for a year. You figure it out for a year. Uh, like Ngakwe is young. Him and Barnett are young. Uh, you're going to have to replace Brandon Graham eventually. Why not do that now instead of uh, you know getting to the draft in 2021 and needing to force a pick on an edge rusher? I actually and by do the way, you, you might need to replace uh, Derek Barnett eventually, too. You know, uh, you don't know how long he's going to be here as well. Yeah, I, I actually do agree with that. I, I think the case for Ngakwe is not 2020. It's that you have your guy to replace Brandon Graham if you trust your coaching to have them figure it out uh, this year. Or maybe it's, you know, Graham is returning on a, you know, in a role where he knows he's not the starter anymore and he becomes your complimentary pass rusher. And all of a sudden you've signed a 25-year-old stud uh, defensive end who fits your scheme, who's been very productive, who's been durable, all of that. So uh, I agree with you. That was just a, a thought exercise that I wanted to go through. You but I think to, that you tried to trick me. Yeah, I, no, I think that is the case for him. Is that he's your future guy, not necessarily. You know, you kind of look long term there. And then I think Byron Jones is like uh, it, it's kind of interesting. You know, when I first thought about him, maybe two three weeks ago as a Eagles target, I was against it. And I'm trying to wonder, I'm trying to figure out why I didn't like it right away. It's funny, I'm, the... I've gone the opposite way, I think. Okay. Well, I didn't like, I, I liked it at first, and now and now the more I think about it, the less I like it. But go, okay, you finish your so, thought. Well, I, I mean, I was thinking, like, it's a lot of what Zach had already said. So you have a, um, you know, his, his athleticism is off the charts. 
He's played multiple spots, so you cover yourself. Obviously, you're not signing him to play safety. You're signing him to play outside corner. But uh, if in two years you say, all right, he's not great there, you at least have yourself a starting safety. He's played well there. He's been durable. His character is said to be, uh, you know, off the charts. You scouted him when he was coming out of college. You had some interaction with him there. Uh, He hits that kind of target age range. He's going to be 27 years old at the start of next season. So you certainly could get three years of you know above average maybe even pro bowl caliber uh, outside cornerback play from him if you're going to spend on somebody uh why is why is that not a good place to spend i guess would be my question i think like on paper it is the right place to spend he as you said he checks all the boxes he's not i mean he tur- he's 27 but he turns 28 in september so it's not like he's uh, that's this is semantics, but he's he's young Are you enough. Sure? Uh, oh, okay. After, he turns right, twenty eight in September. Yeah, okay. um, he is durable. He is versatile. Uh, he is like super athletic. So there's reason to think that maybe he will age well. Uh, you know, as you guys said, you know, he 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 checks all the boxes. That's great. Um, I just first of all, nonsensically, uh, I am I am still terrified of signing a guy from the Cowboys. But uh, yeah, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, I just like, I'm not sure that he is that much better than, uh, Bradley Roby or Trey Waynes or, Oh, whoever, I decide wh- definitely disagree with get. that. Um, well, I think there's not, a wide I mean, gap there. He's better, but is he, you know, $40 million of guaranteed money better? Well, um, that's kind of like the question with all these guys as you just of course. articulated. Of course, it's a really yeah. difficult thing to do. Uh, yeah. You know, this is this is not easy. This is why uh, they get paid the big bucks. This is why people yell at Howie Roseman and he has tinted windows. Um, <laughs> I just it's uh, it seems a little it seems a little too convenient for me. I don't okay. know why that is, but I just the feel of it has has uh, gone away for me for Byron Jones. I don't want to like it, but then I look at all the the factors and when you're pursuing free agency and I can't come up with the reason. I know. Unless if, unless if you want, uh, I guess the reason could be if you're just saying, you know what, we're not going to value sort of that outside corner position mm-hmm. because we do, we do play zone and, um, you know, we want to invest in the pass rush and it's resource allocation, which is fine. But at the same time, I mean, how many games have we seen that they're yeah. just stuck on playing single high safety and those guys are getting toasted? I mean, it's cost them game after game after game that the guys on the outside couldn't cover, couldn't tackle, couldn't make plays on the ball. Um, so uh, I don't know. That that's um, It's that, true. That's just He's a good tackler, at. too, uh, which you think Jim Schwartz would like. Uh, he doesn't yeah. make a ton of plays, which you would think if you're going to pay for a, a big money for a corner, you would want him to. Uh, make some plays, but that's I think, so. I th- there's so I, much like uh, randomness in that, though, right? It's I mean, true. I mean, yeah, well, he has two interceptions in five years. That's not great. Okay, but uh, I also think that that is. I think that that is sort of a thing of the past. Like what is a, like a, a cornerback who you can rely on, like Asante Samuel, to get a lot of interceptions. Yeah, that's probably true. I think that uh, I think that doesn't exist much anymore in today's NFL. I mean, there are in, guys in this, like in Marcus Peters, but yeah. Yeah, and I, you know what? I almost feel like those are guys who Jim Schwartz would not want on his team, <laughs> right? Agreed. Because because Agreed. you you know you're going to gamble a little bit, and you're going to give up some plays, and you're going to create interceptions. Like I think that would uh, drive him crazy. Now I was very surprised by the player Bo picked in his mailbag piece, which was Viking safety Anthony yeah, Harris as your number one that, target. But... 
I mean, he turns 29 in June. I don't like he, any of these guys. I don't want to. I don't want to be the number one target for any of these guys. He just became a starter in 2018. He was a backup his first three seasons. He's played more than 60 percent of the defensive snaps once. I couldn't believe that was the guy you chose. You? Why are you so smitten with him? It's not that I'm smitten with him. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not ready to pound the table for him. But I think he's a he's an easier uh, plug and play answer at safety than any of the other guys who are likely to be available. Okay. Yeah, no, I think I think he was a good player. I think if you guarantee me you're getting the player from uh, last year at a reasonable price, then it makes sense. Yeah, but, sure. Uh, I don't want to give him like four years of guaranteed money either, but... Yeah, that's why it's a very difficult question because it, it, the better the question would have to be, would you want this guy at this money, this guy at this money, or this guy at this money? That's really the only way... That's a uh, woodpecker you'd rather. Yeah, you can answer. Well, really, like woodpecker you'd rather pay Anthony Harris whatever is going to cost to get him, or, or would you rather have haha clinton Dix for like you know two years and and seven million dollars i don't think you want haha clinton Dix. everything okay. i've i've read heard seen is that uh i mean he's gonna be on what his fourth team in yes four seasons he's underachieved he, he's a bad tackler he's not physical uh it seems like things that would the drive guy, a coaching staff nuts and the yeah. two guys the two guys at safety who intrigue me are one is demarius randall and you, you need I answers. I agree with that one. I you like need that answers one. because there's that weird deal where Freddie Kitchens like left him in Cleveland, <laughs> yeah, uh, which is amazing for a, like a big game <laughs> against the Steelers. Now maybe you can convince yourself that's just Freddie Kitchens being a weirdo, and uh, like anyone anyone who crosses him is probably on the right side of history. Um, and then the other one is Jimmy Ward, who is like seems like a good answer and is young-ish enough, but has only had one healthy season, and that was this season. So. Uh, that's a bet the Eagles have made and lost on in the past. Yes, Jimmy I want to be a GM in the league with uh, with the GM whose offseason priority is the twenty nine year old safety who started one year. That's 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 I that's, agree. The, that's the guy I want to go against. Yeah, oh, that, I mean that well, as that. opposed to as opposed to the guy who just wants guys who caught sixty catches in in a season one time. <laughs> I think Jimmy Ward has buyer beware written all I over him. I think so, him. too. I think so, too. Uh, that's the type of guy who gets a contract that a team immediately regrets a year later. I do think Demarius Randall, for those that don't know, was drafted as a corner by the Packers. Uh, and it's not just Freddie Kitchens. When he was in Green Bay, he got mm-hmm. benched and sent to the locker room in 2017. So <laughs> it's uh, it's two coaching staffs that have just been like, get out of my face. We don't even want to see you while we play this game, which, uh, you know, maybe that's a nice value. Uh, you know, like you said, with the guys who uh, get benched, there you go. You do love the guys who get benched. Yeah, maybe Demir- I do. <laughs> maybe you do. So. Uh, but he has that corner safety versatility. So I think if you're looking in sort of the value market where it's not going to cost you a lot, and it could have some payoff as a, uh, you know, an above-average starter. I do think he's an interesting name to look at. Okay, I would stick, right. by the way, at safety to the Capadia plan. Of I would si- I would keep Malcolm Jenkins. I would sign a free agent cornerback, and I would move Avante Maddox uh, to my deep safety spot. It doesn't feel I- like they want to do that, though, does it? No. I mean, uh, I want to do that. It doesn't seem like yeah. they want to do that. It does not, but but they did sign Craven LeBlanc to a contract extension to keep him on the team or okay, to have him on the team point. for this year. So, uh, and I I think you can find a like if I was looking at the draft and and, and there are slot only cornerbacks who who people seem to like. There's also um, a million I, I think of you can them find a slot. Exactly, um, and and so in Maddox's case, he's he's shown the ability to play deep safety in this scheme. 
Um, it's it's a it's a valuable role. Uh, it's a spot that they, that he can grow in. Uh, that's the move I would make. But yeah, like you said, they at least last year they did not show the the inclination to do that. So Let who was so who was your answer, Mister Big Shot? Who's who's Mister Big Shot? You. Well, I just told you it was a, it's an impossible question if you don't give me the prices. Well, yeah, but you gave it to us. <laughs> I, w- I would have fired back at that. Yeah, I'm the host. Okay. I gave it to you guys. All right. I mean, I, I mean, I would say Perryman. T- yeah, I would go with like yeah, one of those middle to lower tier, like a, a Perryman or a Trey Waynes or something like that. Is who I would have said. Now, one guy you guys didn't mention, which is in the if we're, if we're talking about the big boys, what about Chris Jones? What about a little? Uh, what if there's a little tag and trade or something? If the the Chiefs want to do well, here's the thing about Chris Jones, Shield. The Eagles have very high expectations for Malik Jackson. <laughs> they think very, very highly of Malik Jackson. I mean, I was thinking of it like you know, you add this player who would get you really excited if you were an Eagles fan. I mean, think a third down: Brandon Graham, Chris Jones, Fletcher Cox, and Derek Barnett. I mean, Jones and Fletcher Cox, uh, that, that's like, that's arguably the two best interior pass rushers. Well, when Fletcher Cox yeah. is playing well in the NFL paired together. I mean, all these, but, well, all, all, arguably, arguably second and third best. Let's not. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, right. Yeah, third, all right. Second and third best. Am I missing somebody fair. else? All right. Uh, I could be missing somebody else. Anthony I was going to say like two of the top five, but some, sometimes you take a big swing and see if. Uh, well, when you say you arguably, you, you can really say anything. You can, uh, you can argue anything. I think it's more likely they sign a defensive end than a defensive tackle. I think they're going to draft a defensive tackle fairly high. Uh, but I, I, I think if you're talking about Is where they're fairly in the draft. Money. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, – I wanted to get to some of the trade options, which uh, Bo covered and also a guy who's come up uh, – since you wrote your piece on The Athletic. Let's start with the wide receivers. The two big names out there, uh, Stefan Diggs and OBJ. Uh, Bo, you said you have, you've looking at this free agency class of wide receivers, you've warmed up to the possibility of trading, potentially trading for a wide out. Uh, if it costs a second round pick to, to get Stefan Diggs, I'm doing it yesterday. I don't think, I think it's going to cost. You think it costs uh, a first? A, a first and something, probably. I think I probably don't do that. Okay. But, would you do just a first? Would you I am do just a I am, first. First of all, I would rather trade for Diggs than Beckham, and I would probably not do a first round pick. But I think it's true that like this free agent class makes makes me more interested in in trading for a guy, and maybe that means like uh, you know trading a third round pick for somebody who's who's not quite as good, but. Uh, I don't. I water gun to my head. I don't think I pull the trigger on a first. Berminator. I would. I would rather trade for Beckham than Diggs. Interesting. Uh, oh, I like this debate. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? I think Beckham's the better player. <laughs> I mean, I, I. I really like Diggs. I. I just think Beckham's a a a better player. Now there's more baggage there. See, uh, I don't but, know if that's true. And Bo, you wrote this too that uh, Ob that Diggs is less of a sideshow than OBJ. I think OBJ gets the. Uh, I think Beckham gets the attention, and certainly there's a there is baggage there. I'm not saying there's not, but it hasn't been as much as you know, like like Diggs on the sideline. Uh, every game, regardless of what's happening, is, is was like unhappy. Yeah, it's it, he's mean, just he's just covered less, so he's considered less of a sideshow. You're right. That's. But like Beckham's a, down year is is Diggs' best year, basically. That's not true. 
Diggs is and we're projecting Diggs's and we're projecting year, too. Diggs's year this year is close to as good as anything Beckham's ever done. Okay, and now, you're looking I will at say Beckham has, I believe, five sixty catch seasons to Diggs's four. <laughs> well, yeah, and we are looking at what they're going to do going forward. Beckham had, you know, uh, maybe the most historic start for a wide yeah. receiver. Well, Beckham in... has not been great in three years now, and he's a little he's a little bit older. Uh, yeah, I, I like the I, I like the Diggs fit a little bit better, but you know who who know who knows uh, sideshow wise how they compare. Uh, so, so Zach, would you give up a a would you do a first for one of those guys? Let's say Beckham, since you uh, like yeah, that more. that's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I I probably would, but my reluctance would would be that this is such a good wide receiver class. Then again, you have the twenty-first pick, and you you don't know who's going to be on the board at at twenty-one. Um, you know, and speed is really hard to find, obviously. And if if if, if you have if if you have rugs there, uh, but that being said, yeah, I, I would probably trade the twenty-first pick for Odell Beckham Jr. It is a tough one because and, and when I when I looked at Diggs because he's signed to a contract that's not unreasonable. Um, and he gives you the vertical threat, and you're going to throw the ball a lot. Like he's going to get a lot of targets. I mean, the um, you know him always seemingly being upset at somebody would make me a little bit nervous. Like yeah, I would I'd always be upset at Kirk Cousins too. <laughs> That's true. But I'm, well, I was going to say he yells at the coaches too, but I guess you would probably always be upset at the coaches as well. I yeah, you know to an extent I agree is, with you. Is a coach to be fair, a wide receivers coach. Yeah. Yeah, like that stuff really doesn't bother me unless I, but when you're the team making the decision, if you think it's going to, um, you know, come in and just throw shockwaves through your locker room and he's not, he's not going to mesh well um, with whether it's teammates or Carson Wentz, then, uh, then that would concern me. But okay, those are the uh, wide receivers. And then uh, last one here in this segment, a cornerback who is uh, said to be on the market according to ESPN. It feels like, I swear he's been on the trade market for like two mm-hmm. years, it feels like. Uh, that's Darius Slay of the Detroit Lions. I will chime in here with my take, and then you guys can uh, chime mm, in. You're taking uh, the layup. Okay, you can take this one. <laughs> no, go, go, ahead. Ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, before you get mad that I don't answer, now you get mad that I do answer. No, 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 go ahead. I go mean, ahead. gosh. Talk about, you know, you don't know how to sell the hosts. Like, you know, see, you don't, you, you don't know how to play this role. You're very uncomfortable, you know? Everything no definitely does that. not know how to sell the host. I, I can assure I, I, you that. I, I, I can see the wheels spinning in your head. You're critiquing every little thing. You probably got a little notepad there that you're going to try to hit me with during uh, a later segment. But, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm not opposed to, uh, to taking the layup. So, uh, 29 years old. Uh, has been durable and productive, has missed uh, nine games in seven seasons, is among the league leaders in all those, uh, whether it's pass breakups or, um, you know, plays on the ball, I guess you could say ball production. Entering the final year of his deal, I believe somebody tweeted at him like, 16 million yeah. <laughs> and he said that wasn't gonna get it done yeah. so uh no I, I i don't even understand like i don't understand why anybody would want to do this to be <laughs> yeah, quite honest i mean maybe i'm crazy good player like if it was just um i guess if you sold your if you did the golden tate line of reasoning and you said we're gonna yeah, trade for that's him successful 
<laughs> and you were going to trade for him this year <laughs> and he's going to be a starter and we're not going to sign him to an extension and then we're going to get a cop pick we all know the dangers of that now <laughs> i know bo you knew it at the time i like uh, the, like uh, what, what if they do the uh, marcus smith reasoning like <laughs> bring up just a, an awful decision well i'm getting into uh, i'm getting into their heads but i don't see how you could trade for a guy give up whatever it might be a second round pick or whatever uh reasonable compensation and then you're gonna have to sign him you know as he's at this age to a contract that expensive uh, that does not make sense to me does anybody disagree i don't disagree no uh, the new contract part of it is what would concern me i think okay. anyone who uh thinks that it would be worth it to trade a third round pick for a 29 year old corner and then pay him at the top of the market has no idea what they're doing and is not worth listening to oh now, now I really hope the Eagles do it. Yes, <laughs> so I think that would be. I think that would be malpractice. <laughs> so we can play that clip over and over again. That will make the. Uh, that will. We make should the mention. Intro. We should mention. Uh, you know, at, you talked about the Nigel Bradham signing, and how uh, you know there was the Jim Schwartz connection. It's further and further away now to be able to find guys who have the Jim Schwartz connection. But uh, Jim Schwartz did draft Darius Slay in his last draft in Detroit. There you go. That would be something. All right. Before we get to the next segment, you know, in the mailbag, there are questions about how my weekend was. A lot of people are very uh, mm. interested in this. And one thing I was going to say is that I really, uh, I will get into it, but I really like the NBA All-Star festivities. And what I like more about it is uh, you can put a little lettuce on it with DraftKings. Bo, what are your thoughts on that? Well, that's a very good point, Sheil. And uh, if you give me one second, I can tell you a little bit more about it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you, I won on the three. I took three long shots on the oh, uh, three-point contest. I took uh, Buddy Heald, Devin Booker, and Zach Levine. I had two out of three of them going in, in the won? finals. Who won? I didn't even see. Uh, Buddy Heald. Buddy oh. Heald won. So I got a little bit of lettuce on that. You know, nice paid job. For, I'm famously anti-Buddy Heald, but good for you. Well, paid for Why a couple of pizzas Buddy the Heald? next day. Uh, I'm anti-Buddy Heald because I thought the idea of drafting him over Jamal Murray made no sense to me. Uh, a, a senior guard from a from a big school, but you know, he's been better than I thought. Anyway, uh, this week our Sixers are back in action to take on some of their biggest conference rivals, and DraftKings Sportsbook is here to provide a full betting experience. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook, is offering a special promotion for this Saturday when the Sixers clash with the Bucks. Place a wager on Ben Simmons to score the first bucket and earn an extra dollar for every point, rebound, and assist that Simmons logs. It's no wonder DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app. DraftKings Sportsbook is a safe and secure betting app where you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code TOSS. For a limited time, all new users can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus up to 1000 buckaroos. Don't forget, enter code TOSS, T-O-S-S, and get your sign-up bonus up to $1,000 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only. In partnership with Meadows Racetrack and Casino, bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. March Madness coming up. One of the most fun mm. uh, 
sporting events to throw a little yeah. throw a little lettuce on with uh if you're like me and you don't have any friends anymore so no one invites you to be in a pool you just go to DraftKings and you, you bet the individual games uh, still get a little bit of juice on it i like a survivor i like a march Madness survivor you any do, ever do one of those i have not i i'm i generally do terribly in survivor pool so anyway hey shio i will invite you to an ncaa tournament bracket this year okay oh, oh thank you nice. huh Oh, what a great hire! I've been saying Zach's a great hire for uh, the Athletic. It was like we we it was like I bought a friend kind of when the Athletic. Uh, <laughs> Zach, do you want to <laughs> do you want to organize one for all of our Birds with Friends listeners? Oh God, sure, sure. No, because how are you going to do that? With, can you do that with? Yeah, money? I don't want to collect. I don't want to collect the money. Yeah, from every no, one I don't want to do that. Yeah. I need I need a little juice on it. We can't do one just for fun. Come on, okay, we're grown ups right. here. All, all right. right, okay. Next segment. Uh, we're going to get to, uh, you know, I just started my spreadsheet, my draft spreadsheet here. Uh, I am not as far along as you guys are in terms of uh, draft prep. I know Bo's been to like eight events already, and we haven't even uh, gotten to the combine. But I wanted to do a quick I'm not segment. That, that far along, but go ahead. Okay, I want to do a quick segment just saying if the Eagles stay at 21, I wanted you guys to go back and forth and tell me who the three most likely guys are that they could look at. This is for people who, you know, haven't been big into the draft yet, who kind of want to know some names so that when they're out with friends, they can throw somebody out there, that kind of thing. Uh, I will tell you, I don't have three names, so I'm not participating in this. I'm just asking you. But I am going to try to take a hard look at the wide receivers before the combine next week so that I can offer some of my... Uh, sure to be terrible takes on this year's wide receiver class. So, Berminator, let's Do you have a, do you have a bird pun name for this segment? What do you think? I mean, you're the host of the show, and that's, the yeah. part, of, that's part of the show. Uh, that's part of your show. The answer is no. Uh, Zach, give me so your... Uh, go ahead. Yo, I think this is just me here, because I, I think Bo's more qualified at this point to talk about the sixth round than the first round. I think that's right. <laughs> that's true. That's Good exactly point. correct. <laughs> I should have said, like, who's the most likely guy they're going to take at 178 or yes. whatever. Yeah, whatever I'm, I'm prepared for that conversation. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm only joking there. No, but but uh, the, the name you'll hear a lot next week at the Combine associated with the Eagles and, and then obviously in the and a half thereafter is Henry Ruggs uh, from Alabama. Um, Henry Ruggs, who's, who's not even – he 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 was not the most productive wide receiver on his own team. Uh, that was that was Jerry Judy, but um and and that was just is a, it Jerry a Judy receiver. or Judy Jerry? I've been trying to figure that out. I believe it was Jerry Judy. I just hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. But uh, you know, then they also had 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 Devontae Smith. They had um the the kick returner Jalen Waddle, I believe. Um, they had, that was a a really good uh, obviously receiving core. But Rugs is is historically fast and when i say historically fast it's because at the combine when he runs his 40 it's going to be up there or expected to be up there among the fastest receivers in a long time um and obviously john ross like the record, JJ, I think a, white a few side. years ago <laughs> so 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 rugs is appealing obviously because of of the speed um and then if, if we'll stick to the receivers because they'll have their so oh, no, no just just give me one i want to go back and forth okay Okay. All right, so 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 was Ruggs not on your list, Bo? Well, Ruggs is the is the obvious guy, and I just I don't think he's going to be there at twenty one. But he's the guy because it's plug and play. The Eagles need speed on the outside. He's got speed on the outside. He seems he seems like the uh, too good to be true fit. But it, uh, 
you know, the history of guys who are going to, who you know, who have been productive and are rated as highly as he is, and then they're going to go out and run a, a super fast 40. I mean, I think it's more likely he goes at like 12 than it is that he makes to, makes it to 21. He is, uh, he is number 12 on Daniel Jeremiah's uh, top 50 on NFL.com, although he is not the first wide receiver. So I'll, I'll tell you who that is if we get to him. If not, I'll tell you that at the end. But, Bo, who do you got? Well, I know you don't want me to do multiple guys at a time, but I, I do think just that the wide receiver conversation that you will hear, I mean, it is Judy, C.D. Lamb from Oklahoma, and Ruggs at the top. That's the top tier. And those guys will most likely be gone before the Eagles pick a 21. And then there's this long list of guys who are in that second tier. And of those guys... Like you see a lot of T. Simmons, T. Simmons from Clemson linked to the Eagles. T. Higgins. But T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Sorry, I'm confusing him with the the other Simmons guy. Ben uh, Simmons. He Bill, just did the draft. Bill Kings Simmons, read. of course. Isaiah um, Simmons. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons. Right. Who I love, by the way. Of course you do. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't like I don't like Higgins, but I, I like I haven't actually watched him, so I just don't like the, the profile that I hear. <laughs> I haven't watched you did not any of these watch guys. Cle- Wait, you did not about, watch Clemson? How did you well, not watch Clemson? Okay, they were on I watched every a couple Clemson weekend. games on TV. That doesn't mean I'm qualified to say what I think of the player. I haven't watched enough of him. Um, I agree with that, actually. When I watch the wide receivers like during college football games, I'm just like, everyone, wow, he's awesome. He's awesome. He's yeah. awesome. But obviously, there's you know they're playing for big schools. Their schools are successful, and they're performing very well. They're highly productive. But uh, yeah, so it, it, it is tough to base it, I think, just on that sometimes. But the two guys in that next tier who seem to make sense for the Eagles to me are uh, LaVisca Chenault from Colorado, and Zach can probably speak more to these guys than I can. Um, who is sort of the uh, he's been getting the Debo Samuel comps like Ooh. he's he's more of a playmaker with the ball in his hands than he is a dynamic downfield threat and then the flip side to that is Jalen Rager from TCU who is that dynamic downfield threat uh, wasn't super productive this year because they had terrible quarterback play but he has the juice that you might be looking for yeah, so okay. in 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 Chenault's case, because really a dynamic player, and if, if like that was apparent two years ago, three, you know, he was he's outstanding. Um, but but there's an injury history there, and and I just wonder how that factors in to the Eagles' evaluation. If it scares them off because of the injury problems they have, or if if they view it like um, almost in a different year, he might be a top ten, uh, a top ten, top fifteen guy. Zach, when you are up late watching those Colorado games, are you texting back and forth with Howie because you guys are the only ones watching? <laughs> uh, um, not necessarily, no. No, oh, not uh, necessarily. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, uh, no, the answer is no. Just the names you guys mentioned, uh, obviously all wide receivers so far, I believe. But uh, So Jeremiah has C.D. Lamb, who is, uh, I believe, a Coach Flynn favorite at number eight. Jerry Judy at number nine. Uh, Henry Ruggs. At number 12, Chenault from Colorado at 22nd. So he's much more in the, uh, you know, you would think would be much more in the range that the Eagles would be uh, picking there. So there you go. Uh, did you just name all three of yours, Bo? Did you, did, did you give no, I was giving all? I was giving no. Rager and uh, Chenault as a package deal and saying, I don't think Higgins is for that. But again, okay. have not watched him, so... I think Rager was not even in uh, Jeremiah's top 50, I believe. So that's interesting. Okay, well, okay. you know, what Z- are you going to do? Zach? 
Yeah, so well, I, I mean, like, like we could devote this all to wide receivers, but for the sake of the conversation, I don't want it to be receivers. But but we could talk about, you know, Justin Jefferson's a, another wide receiver there. But I'll I'll go with uh, defensive line. I'll I'll and this is a guy who I did not watch much of. I'm, I'll watch more of him leading up to the draft. Um, actually, both saw him at the Senior Bowl, uh, and that's Kinlaw, Javon Kinlaw, or Javon Kinlaw, I should say, um, from South Carolina, uh, but. The Eagles, you know, d- despite how how good Malik Jackson is, Bo, um, the Eagles have a, a long term need at defensive tackle. That is that is really clear. I think they're going to take one uh, within the first three rounds. And um, if if the wide receiver that they're, I I think a wide receiver is their first round pick. But if for some reason a wide receiver is not there, um, and you know the way the Eagles value defensive linemen, if uh, if Kinlaw's there, uh, that's a player I would watch out for. Kinlaw was a JUCO transfer to South Carolina, had hip surgery in 2018, had six sacks last year, but all the uh, all the film grinders seem to think that his film is like way better than Freakish those stats in- yeah. indicate. Yeah, like that he was just um, opening up stuff for everybody else on that defense and don't judge him just by those uh, six sacks. Okay. Uh, by the way, he's number seven on uh, Jeremiah's big board. And I agree with Zach that if... Uh, if a one of the top two defensive tackles falls, which is probably unlikely, then then I think the Eagles will be very interested. I think that is their second biggest long term need. Would um, that be Would that be Kinlaw and Derek Brown of Auburn? Yeah, who, who the, okay. probably has no chance of, of falling that far unless he uh, yeah you know releases a video of uh, smoking weed from a gas mask <laughs> on the night of the draft. And then he'd go at top of your board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if he got benched, then we're talking now. Now I'm talking trade possibility. Got benched. Bong video released. Uh, I'm trying to think what uh, else. Tweets would about really... Kirk, tweets about Kirk Cousins. Uh, yeah. yeah. Has has really strong takes on airplane etiquette. Uh, is sharing pizzas left and right like he's just going up to strangers, giving yeah. them slices at the restaurant. <laughs> I, yeah, I think those are really. That would really hit your. That's the kind uh, of football intelligence spot. I'm looking for. Well, there you go. All right, uh, I got? will go with. Uh, I will mention um, Alabama safety Xavier McKinney, mm. uh, who has a little bit of uh, versatility, can cover, can come downhill. I mean, again, this is. I'm just regurgitating things I've read. Uh, you know, have not grinded the tape on Mr. McKinney, but uh, he seems like a guy who makes sense to me for the Eagles. And uh, if they are looking to solve that long term like if, if if it's not Avante Maddox and if they don't sign a guy for uh big money in free agency they do need to add a safety of the future I think McKinney makes sense to me okay and you're looking at like you're looking at like what's a good bet because the Eagles have not drafted well at the safety position uh like Alabama safety seems like as as safe a bet as you can pr- probably get well there's there's a safer mm, bet you can that's make true. There's a safer bet you can make at safety. That's LSU safety Grant Delpit, and that will be my third. See, I think Um, McKinney makes more sense for them than Delpit, but go ahead. Uh, I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 six or a half dozen. Uh, I was really just just looking for a transition there because <laughs> the the, uh, the the third I was going with I'm si- is, is, because I'm sick of doing this podcast <laughs> and I wanted to end. No, 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 no. Just because I, I I thought it would it would make for good podcasting if I transitioned from one player to the next because I knew it was my okay. turn and um, you know I, I didn't want to choose all wide receivers here, but I do think it's gonna be a, a wide receiver and I think second most options defense tackle. 
from what I understand from listening to you guys last year, that is a different game that we will play in April, correct? But we'll see about that. That's the Duck Duck Juice draft. We don't <laughs> yes, know if we're exactly. going to do a two or a three man Duck Duck Juice this year. But um, if but you do I'm it ready. too, I, I know two. You, we could choose over the third. <laughs> um, but uh, Delpit was 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 a, a really good player at LSU, and um, I mean that was that was just a, a, a terrific defense. And uh, I, I mean when you talk about uh, a secondary that's that's produced outstanding players and sa- it's produced outstanding safeties. And from what I understand, you know the intangibles are there. I I never spoken to him personally. I will in a week from now at the combine. Um, but uh, I don't think they're going to take a safety in the first round. But you can never rule it out. You, when you're at 21, you don't know how the how the board's going to fall. Uh, but I would make the third a distant second to wide receiver and defensive tackle. There you go. Uh, yeah, I don't just to touch on the last two you guys mentioned. I don't think safety's crazy at all. I mean, with Rodney McLeod likely being gone, with Malcolm Jenkins getting up there in age, it's certainly an area of need. It's one they had so much trouble filling between the Brian Dawkins and Malcolm Jenkins uh, eras. And so, uh, I it would not surprise me at all if they took a safety relatively early in this draft. All right, Bob. Yeah, I, I I would just like to add though on on that discussion. If there's any player in this draft. That it like if if the Eagles could have anyone in this draft, I would take Isaiah Simmons. Um, oh man, I and, don't agree with that at all. Uh, I yeah, I disagree. Okay, uh, I just <laughs> think that like like put him on the field on on your defense, have him play four different roles for you. Um, Is that does I, that sound like what Jim Schwartz wants to do on defense? I mean that's 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 the way this game is trending. That's you know that's what I want, and uh, he's he's a special player in my opinion, and and I'm a sucker for the, for for that profile. Like I I really liked uh, Shaq Thompson for instance. I really liked Miles Jack for instance. Um, so who's just an okay if, linebacker? <laughs> I mean he's he he's had some injury concerns, but I think oh, he's okay. better than okay linebacker. I think he's better than okay linebacker. Uh, I if you really could take like anyone Isaiah from Simmons. this draft, you wouldn't just take Chase Young. Okay, true. Yeah, I would take Chase Young. <laughs> um, all right, fair enough. But if okay. if if I could uh, list like five guys, I wouldn't go that far be- before getting to Isaiah Simmons. I I just think like that's the type of player that if you put on the Eagles defense, uh, he makes an instant impact from day one. Yeah, I get very nervous about the hybrid players who so I don't know what their role's going to be and they can do a few things. Well, you I mean, you are right in a sense that yes, the uh, you know, the versatility angle and the way the game's going and sub package players all that, but uh that yeah, that would probably and and I haven't seen really anything from Jim Schwartz that suggests he would be able to do anything special to kind of maximize uh, that type of player's potential. But uh, who knows? We I'm sure we can get into that discussion more. All right, Bo, close us out so we can get to the mailbag. Uh, I'll just quickly say, like, if you want to watch guys next week who have a chance to go to the Eagles and it's not a receiver, I think uh, the corners are the other spot to look. Trayvon Diggs from Alabama. And uh, who am I thinking of? Uh, CJ Henderson, Henderson from uh, from Florida are the two guys who I think could go could go in that area and maybe fit the Eagles profile. Although Henderson, I think, is not as uh, physical as Jim Schwartz would like, but maybe they shouldn't be worried about that. Trayvon Diggs, by the way, is the brother of uh, Stephon Diggs. Maybe they can mm. get a little Diggs package. Oh. Yeah, I did want to. You know, I I feel like I was uh, the last segment. I love Diggs as a player. 
Like, uh, I think he would be a home run and have monster seasons uh, with Carson Wentz, and they would use him uh, very well. So, I don't know. I, I, I would think strongly if, if that were on the table, the number 21. I know it's probably not the smart thing to do. I always kind of lean towards the side of do the trade, so I would not be a great uh, general manager probably, but that would uh, that would certainly be kind of exciting. And the other thing I just thought of is I actually think there's a – more likely chance that Avante Maddox is starting on the outside next year mm. than oh. at free safety in their heads. I just wanted to throw that out there mm-hmm. for a take. I don't know if that's uh, the right take, but uh, that was just something I I think I, to I think I agree with that in terms of turkeys on the line. Okay. All right, mailback. Let's get to it. This is called Burden Edgewise. K Money with a lot of numbers. Uh, loyal listener says, Woodpecker, you rather trade Sidney Jones in a third round pick for Darius Slay or sign Byron Jones to a contract that averages $18 million a year? Oh, good, good Woodpecker, you rather. Good Woodpecker, you rather. Byron Jones for me. Byron Jones for me because you would have to pay Slay that same contract. I agree. Yeah, Byron you're Jones not giving up well. a third round pick. All right. Ryan Jay, another uh, loyal listener, uh, he say, oh, he's got a question for all of us, so I'll, I'll start with mine. Sheil, uh, for you, how was your weekend? Uh, my weekend was good. As I mentioned, I, I love NBA All-Star Weekend. Like I watched every minute of uh, Saturday night. I thought the game on Sunday, like the fourth quarter, was amazing. Uh, I thought they really just uh, nailed it. I love the presentation, everything about it. So, uh, Big common my weekend, guy? Uh, well, no, but all right. Listen, I like I liked uh, I, some of his rhymes were hilarious though. I thought I didn't when see he, any of it. Oh, I just you saw did the it? Memes. No, yeah. When he did the starting lineups, he would like try to think of a rhyme for every guy's last name, and some of them just wouldn't work at all. It it kind of would be like if you were doing it, like you know, mockingly on a podcast. So uh, I, I did. I I enjoyed. Uh, I was entertained by it, which is all that matters. And then I had a trip to Target. Uh, you know, Naya's uh, growing, and so we had to pick out some new pants. I took both girls. That was a bit of a disaster. Uh, <laughs> you know, I asked them to use the potty at the end. You know, Naya's seven, so she can usually take Leela, who's four, in there, and they can be fine. So I said, all right, you want to use the family bathroom or the uh, you want to go to the uh, girls' bathroom? And they said, well, the girls' one, definitely. They go in there. I'm waiting outside. You know, about 90 seconds in, I just hear wailing from both parties. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't do anything. You know, women are walking out, giving me looks. I'm trying to sneak a peek in without looking like a pervert. Uh, eventually, <laughs> eventually, they both come out, just tears down their face someone hit the other one someone may have spit at the other person no one had wa- no one had washed their hands yet so uh yeah that was uh that was a bit of a that was the disastrous portion of my weekend all right now uh, for Bo, what was the favorite part of your previous job before joining the athletic um <laughs> uh the ping pong table in the office Easy oh, answer. That's a good yeah. one. Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, and for Zberm, uh, he is planning a trip to Asia. Do you have any recommendations? <laughs> well, I I love Hong Kong. Uh, very uh, uh, has 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 it has a great food scene. Just a, an amazing place to visit. But um, frankly, right now, I probably would would not uh, advise like. Um, <laughs> travel there at that, at that yeah. moment maybe um, he's maybe he's planning it for the yeah. future so, yeah let's assume yeah, that i was trying to be <laughs> diplomatic about that um okay. but in like an ideal if 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 everything is healthy and peaceful then uh i would say hong kong 
There you go. Uh, Kill a Cow also wanted to know uh, if I had any weekend plans. So uh, no plans for this upcoming weekend. But yeah, I, I just went over my past weekend. So. Uh, but speaking of which, can check. I'm drinking a, uh, a Bobo Whole Foods generic brand orange. I'm not usually an orange guy, but uh, Rachel likes a, an orange seltzer. So that's what I'm going with today. Okay. You know what I'm trying to switch to? I've noticed I get I like have had been having this big crash in the afternoon, and I'm getting like enough sleep overnight. And I don't know what I, it's attributed to. So I was looking up some things. You know, I, I think I should be eating more frequently, like, you know, the three to four hours thing. And then I'm trying to switch to a green tea for the pick-me-up and not have the coffee in the afternoon. What do you think? I believe you can do it. Holy Schiff says, no question, just want to thank Zberm for being honest about his recent trip abroad. Oh, well, <laughs> people, people are enjoying the openness from I... uh, Seaburn. There you go. I, I appreciate that. My <laughs> my wife gives you guys credit for getting me out of my uh, shell a little bit. So credit to you guys. Is she just like, is she sometimes just like, why are you being so weird about that? Sometimes, all the time. All the <laughs> okay, time. She's all like, the time. Yes, okay. All the time. She's like, yeah, she's like, she's like, you know, people really don't don't uh it, or she or she says, no, what she says is that it 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 makes it even more like um weird or or mysterious like, like, like yeah people want to know more when you don't yes. want to share so yeah so she's like if you just say people are just going to move on so okay that's correct uh, south rob this is to all of us best thing on the pasta fisio's menu Ooh, what do you got oh, there's uh, so many. you can't go I mean, wrong but i i would say uh unless you are a vegetarian the the classic italian is probably the uh the, the number one go-to I was gonna say they're uh, meatballs. Um, they have really good meatballs there, but uh, I'm I'm a I'm a uh, sucker for a chicken cutlet with um, mm. with like balsamic and sharp provolone, and they do a good job making that. Did you well. just throw an mmm on the chicken cutlet, Shield? I've I've always said that uh, as a vegetarian, the one meat that actually looks appetizing to me. I I was I wouldn't have gone balsamic there. I thought you were gonna go with like a chicken cutlet with like some type of sauce and cheese. Uh, you that said chicken parm is the one thing that you yes. think looks yeah. Which speaking of which, the things I like, uh, I go with the quattro formaggio, which is a cheese and veggie sandwich, or uh, their eggplant uh, parm sandwich is also outstanding. Just that bread. But you don't understand when you move away from Philadelphia, you can't find that bread everywhere. Like there was no bread in all of Seattle. Are you there? I'm yes. back. No, oh, no reactions to that. Well, I, I, uh, I, I lost for a second. What was all I heard was Seattle? He was, was talking, talking about, about the bread. How the, how the, he was talking about how, how the bread is not good in Seattle. Uh, okay. Which, uh, which, yeah, because of all the all, 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 Although the uh, the pasta fischio wall is always funny to look at because um, some of the celebrities it, it, like doesn't it doesn't necessarily age well. I think, Andy I think Casey. Well, I think Casey Matthews is up paid there for, for this, one of for this uh, product <laughs> placement for Pasta Fisio. Uh, like we haven't mentioned them a million <laughs> yeah. times. All right, uh, ne Nepa Two Philly, another loyal listener. Oh, she wants to get to the good stuff here. Lots of questions on this. The question is reactions to Jimmy Kemsky's reporter face-off. Like, how long will you hold it over Bo? that he finished so poorly while you both were in the top five. Now, for people who don't know anything about this, uh, DFOP, Jimmy Kemsky of the Philly Voice. I don't know put if DFOP together, is, is accurate anymore. Uh, 
Well, I, I would say, I mean, I don't know if Pulitzer voting has started or ended or what, but I thought uh, he basically did a rankings of uh, writers in Philadelphia with the face-off at a news conference. For those of you unfamiliar, that's when, you know, two reporters try to try to get a question in. One of them wins out uh, by, you know, certain strategies, and whoever the subject of the news conference is goes to that person. So he, he was ranking who is the best at winning these. And uh, let me see here. Sheil Kapadia comes in at number three. Okay, I can deal with that. Zach Berman uh, at number five. Let me see. Hold on. Still scrolling here. Uh, give me a couple minutes if you guys want to. Okay, there he is. Uh, Bo Wolf at number 12. Um, so uh, any thoughts, Bo, to the, uh, I, I know you responded to this via social media, via an official statement. Do you have anything else to say? Uh, no, I'm going to let that statement speak for itself. I think, uh, I think it says all that needs to be said. I don't think Jimmy understood what the difference was between uh, full... <laughs> press conference performance and uh, just ranking face-off ability. And I think he's the one who's going to have to find a way to sleep at night. <laughs> By the way, he was very complimentary of Bo in the write-up. Like, it was... It, it praised Bo. Well, praised you know, that... That's um, like, you know, when, you're, when your kids screw something up really badly, but they tried hard, and, you you know, you say, good job. No. That's that's what it felt like to me. No, Bo's like, <laughs> like the player who, like, who, who finds one thing to fixate on. It was, uh, what was said about him was, was very flattering, number one. And number two, like, like finishing atop that list or near the top, it's, it, it's, it's not necessarily like the quality of your questions or the quality of your press conference performances. It's not even necessarily often a badge of honor. So I don't think Bo is anything to be ashamed of, although I, I think Jimmy uh, did, a, did a great job with that. Um, it, 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 was, uh, it was really funny to read. Great job, Jimmy. I think I'm the only one who really understood what you were uh, getting to there. All right, we'll move on. Next question. We'll kind of move on here. Uh, this is from uh, We Must Go On. says, have you or Zach gotten Bo and a, quote, almost top 10 plaque for his impressive showing <laughs> in Kemsky's face-off rankings? Bo, is that something you would want to have from us or no? Sure. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was listening back to a podcast uh, that we did, the uh, game that that Shield did before the Super Bowl with the Super Bowl trivia, and the absolute like joy in Bo's voice when he won that game, it was like like he was so proud. Is Bo that is very is Bo is very competitive. I didn't I didn't realize that I would say until our pool game the week of the Super Bowl how competitive he was. <laughs> Well, listen, here's the thing. When you go out and establish objective dominance, superiority in the form of winning the roster prediction contest, I think it's fair to expect that the arrows are going to start to be slung from every direction. And I think this is just the extension of that. Okay. We've you know, got Bill a whole check says when you win, say little, when you lose, say less. Uh, Bo does oh. not really adhere to that one. I'm going to uh, let my oh. record speak for itself. Okay. I know we've got a hard out coming up, but let's get to a few more here. Uh, Mr. NASCAR says, this, I actually like this question because um, this goes to some of what we talked about with all or nothing. A lot of people said they really watched the Carson Wentz, Alshon, Jeffrey interactions there closely to see if they could pick up any nuggets. And Mr. NASCAR says, every Alshon interaction I see, his social media, all or nothing, he usually is super enthusiastic about the team. Where does the negative come from in regards 
to his relationship with Wentz. And Bo, I remember we did a pod, uh, you know, after one of those first games in 2017. I want to say it was in Washington. Uh, that could be wrong. It was a game where Alshon Jeffrey didn't do a whole lot. And one of my big observations, and I think you noticed the same thing, was that like in the locker room afterwards, he was going up to like defensive players. Uh, you know, you would you would have never known that the guy uh, had a very quiet Gabe and I think we were like, oh, you know, there are signs here that he's a very good teammate. So, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, you know, and he he really likes being in Philadelphia too. I, I think that's accurate as well. Um, you know, the I th- I I th- I think the only point of contention, at least from the relative outside looking in, is is um, is the possibility that that there's friction with Carson Wentz, or that he was. Um, the, the source of critical comments and it, it, you know, that's, that's not us saying it. That's, that's the Eagles sideline reporter who said right. he was the source of the critical comments. So I, I think that is where that speculation comes from. Okay. Bo, anything to add there? No, I think that's about right. I mean, I think, okay. uh, just because a guy tweets something doesn't mean you can uh, necessarily take it at face value. That's true too. All right. Phil B says, could, uh, you lay out a nightmare off-season scenario in terms of free agent acquisition and draft pick where they totally get all of it wrong. Uh, I thought this was this was a good question. I don't know if you guys got a chance to think about it. If not, we can save it for another one. Uh, if you thought about it, then what do you got? Yes, yeah, so I, I did think about it, and it's it's hard to say without kind of assigning numbers to it. But, um, you know, it's, if, if they sign C players to be money, I th- and and uh, you know I, I think that would be the issue. So uh, this they have money to spend, but the question is evaluation and valuation this offseason. I think the nightmare scenario starts with uh, you know trading a second or third round pick for Darius Slay and giving him a lot of money, and then probably is like paying uh, a ton of money for Robbie Anderson and Chris Harris or something like that. And then drafting um, a center in the first round. Good names. Yeah, some of the guys I had were, I, I thought if they paid big money to a Dante Fowler, oh, Bud, that's Dupree, a good one. Bud Dupree, I don't think those would be good moves. I, I put Robbie Anderson there too. If you paid him to a big contract, I don't think that would be smart. Chris Harris, Blake Martinez, those are guys who I, I just feel like would not be wise, uh, wise investments. Another one, which, uh, you know, I don't know if we should rule this out or not. Bringing Jason Peters back, I think that would Ooh. land on my list of, you know, you, what are you guys doing? Uh, and then, of course, drafting a tight end, which, listen, you might want to rule it out. But uh, with this team, resources, sure baby. We, make sure we don't do that. Uh, Tom says, actually, hold on. Let's see. We only got room for, let me see. All right. Here's a good flight airplane question because I know people wanted to, uh, our takes on that video that went viral. So let's get to that first. The guy banging on the uh, woman's seat who was reclining. I'm sure everybody has seen this. Um, what did you think about that? Who was who was wrong? Who was more wrong? Were they both wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think the takes have uh, all been said here, but they were obviously both wrong. The guy is, is a nut job, obviously. You don't just go banging on people's seats. But uh, the woman was uh, in the wrong, too. I don't know. Can't they both be, yeah, can't yeah. They both be villains? Uh, I thought the guy... I think the guy was way more wrong. I mean... 
I am team don't recline unless maybe if it's a red eye, you know, then we can let it uh, fly. I never recline my seat. At the same time, when you get the seat, it is your option of whether to recline or not. And I think there's a segment of the population that doesn't even realize that that's a bad thing to do. So like, it's not her fault. Like if she wants to recline, she paid for the seat. I don't think it's a great thing to do, but well, you're yeah, allowed. But I'm sure that guy would then say... He paid for the seat too. If he wants to bang on a seat on, uh, no, on, he didn't pay for the seat in front of him. He did not. If he, he wants to bang space, on his own seat, guess, yeah. if he wants to hit on the back of his own seat, I mean that's psychotic well, behavior. Yeah, obviously, be, the guy is insane. You should be kicked off the plane. That was crazy. Did you see the Zach? woman who got kicked off the plane because she didn't want to sit next to a baby or something like that? Oh, I love that. that yeah, was good. Now Expose that's a better her. video. That's yeah, yeah that's a good that's stuff. A, that's an uplifting one. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Honestly, I I don't think I sh- I should be allowed to have uh, a role in a seat reclining discussion because I'm short and and so I I don't recline my short seat out of respect. Too, Zach. No, out of respect for the people behind me who 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 usually have long legs and I honestly I I very seldom need more leg room. So uh, uh, a matter of fact, you know, sometimes if if I get assigned the exit row, I always feel so guilty because uh, like I don't need it as much as someone else. So I've I've read this discussion on social media, but I don't feel that I am uh, I'm equipped to answer it well. But I, okay. I certainly wouldn't bang the seat in front of me. <laughs> Man, if you did that, that, I would really, I would have to call like nine one one. Well, here's the question. Here's the real question: Is what is the appropriate, um, like level of annoying response you can give when somebody does that to you without without crossing the line? To a recliner, I don't think there's anything mm. you can do. I think you can say, "Excuse me, um, you know, it, it's kind of cramped back here." Say it politely. Would you mind? It, it'd be great if you uh, didn't recline. Maybe offer to buy him a drink or something. I don't know. But like, they're allowed to do that. I don't think it's right. You shouldn't do it. I give dirty. You know, you can give a dirty look, um, that kind of thing. But anything that like is out to harm them or disrupt their flight, I think, is inappropriate. There we go. All right. Last question. This is also about airplane etiquette. Uh, This is from Nick. He says, was on a flight the other day in the aisle seat. The middle seat next to me was open and a guy in the row in front asked to move into it so he could sit next to his lady who had the window seat in my row. I said yes, but then he took his damn boots off. How do you handle that situation? Uh, you know, this is a really good reminder that people are terrible and you want to stay away from people as much as possible. It's not always you know, possible on a flight. First of all, that guy, like, what do you need to sit next to your lady for on a flight? I mean, really, what are you sharing the peanuts or something? Like, you can't be a row away for one flight. I mean, that annoys me so much. I would never even think to ask that, we'd be like, see ya. You know, we'd be like, Any, hey, anyone want to separate us even further? Yeah. It's just a flight. That's your time to yourself. Enjoy it. Read a book. Watch something. So uh, that guy, I don't know what I would have done. I mean, that I would have been really annoyed. I would have been texting people. I may have been tweeting about it. Um, keep, your, keep your shoes on on the flight, really. I mean, who do you think you are? You're the biggest thing. You, you can't be asking somebody to yeah. go into a middle seat. That's that's uh, asinine. I once I I once was in a situation. This was three years ago, going to Dallas for the Cowboys game, and I had an aisle seat. And the person in the middle, two rows behind me, asked if they could switch um, because uh, they are. It was their first time flying, and they're like uh, claustrophobic or something like that. Um, mm, that's a good fake it, excuse to use. It, it yeah. was it was definitely a fake excuse because like the person I I agreed to switch 
and uh, the person was like lounging the, captain, the, the whole captain time. W- welcome to them. <laughs> like, thanks for flying for the one hundredth time. Yeah, it was. I, I was. <laughs> I very seldom like uh, have 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 real bad things to say about someone, but I was really frustrated at her. And I remember I was texting my wife like, "You're not gonna believe this," and she's like, "Please don't tell me you switched." And I'm like, "Yeah." I you switched. agreed to switch to a middle from an aisle? You can't be doing that. Yeah. Oh I, I, it, man, that's I, tough. It, it I would have been on I my conscience the whole way through. Like you know. So. I like that. I like that. Uh, it was. I you know. I really seldom say mean things about people, but that woman really frustrated me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. We got to run here. I have some other good questions. So maybe we can get to them in our next episode. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. For Bo Wolf and Zach Berman, I am Shiel Kapadia, and uh, you're okay if you leave a review. If not, uh, we don't really care for you. Have a good day. Bye.